Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Marriage Podcast. It's your girl, Tova Jones, also known as the wife of the <laughs> and it's your boy Sam Jones, known as the husband of a serial eclectic entrepreneur. You better let him know. And together we are the Jones Unit. What is up, everybody? It is Friday. It is time for another episode <laughs> of the Business of Marriage, y'all. We Sad. are so happy to be back with y'all. Man, this, this last episode, God folk talking, man. Like, listen, I totally forgot our moms and stuff be listening. This is probably healthy for them because no, because one of them, yes, one of them is getting married. Congr- my mom, congratulations, Artie Dixon. Yes, Artie my Dixon. mom is getting. married mary and so um i'm i'm excited for them but um it, it it's it's been good i i just that was a very vulnerable sex is always yeah. i think a very vulnerable topic to talk about especially as married couples you know it, it's almost like pulling the cover back on and because everybody's married because i'm gonna be honest some people sex is not their issue like at all they at all but they have other issues and i always tell people yeah sam and i may have good communication we may you know don't have to stress each other out about finances and you know all the other stuff but we do have a thorn in our sides in our marriage and ours just so happened to be sick sure did so um so part two so if you didn't check out the last episode, we talked about our first five years of marriage and how it was a super struggle, how day two, it started off on the wrong foot. Um, and so now we kind of just want to go into um, year six until now. So we're eight. We'll be eight in June. Um, and so we're just going to talk about it. So it's funny. So about year five and a half, we started to get the rhythm of our sex life, right? Exactly. We started, and I, I'll never forget one of my good friends who hadn't been married too much longer than us told me, and it was a he actually, he was like, as you guys go on through marriage, sex will change. Hmm. And I'm like, what? He was like, "It'll sometimes it'll get better. Sometimes it won't get better. Like it changes. And I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that Sex wouldn't always gonna be good. Like I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I was naive or what or what not. Um, but life be lifeing, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I and I want <laughs> I want to get you, I want to get you right at that point because I know what you mean by that. There are a lot of don't 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 stone me, y'all. There are a lot of religious people mm-hmm. that would tell you when you get married. Things are gonna be a lot better or blissful, or that like a holy marriage, a holy sex life is gonna be. No, 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 no. It still takes work. It takes a lot of work, and just because God is the foundation of your marriage and gets you to the space of where you are great and you're gonna consummate, doesn't necessarily add up. A plus B does not equal C. Yeah. In this space, and I think that that's a myth. I'm going to say it. That's a myth that sometimes we get into a space where we're like, oh, you know what? God brought us together. So that means everything going to be good. When y'all know for the fact, everything mm-hmm. don't be good. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the issue of sex. Yeah. 
and 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 I'm gonna even say if a plus if one plus one equal two in year two, one plus one ain't equaling two in year three. So that's exactly. what we about to talk about. We're gonna talk about years five and a half till now. So at about year five and a half, uh-huh. we started to catch the rhythm. Not only did we catch the rhythm, but we both had lost it. A lot of weight. Yeah. So in in the first episode, we talked about how you know being newlyweds and eating out, and we ain't had no kids, so wasn't nobody really cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just we were just living, living a life. Year five, I we were worried that we weren't able to have children. Exactly, it got real. real. It got real. So I'm like, okay, what is going on? At least you know, if the sex ain't good, well, at least we could be getting the baby up out of this. Um, but God's timing is perfect, right? Uh-huh. So I was like, well, let's just start taking care of our temples. Let's like drop some of this weight. Let's work out together. Let's do other things. And y'all, when I tell you, when that weight started dropping and we, you know, we started to get the groove, sex was amazing. A, a lot better. Yeah. It, it was, it was just good. Like we were in, in unison with one another. My yeah. libido was higher because yeah. for statistically women's libidos are lower than men. Um, but then you have those outliers. You have those women who libidos are just right, right up there with their husbands and they yeah. can hang. But for the most part, women have a lower sex drive. So my libido was high. Sam was excited. We were happy and we were intentional about our sex at this point. So it wasn't just for. I don't, I don't know what, I don't want to say luxury, but it, we weren't just having sex just to have sex. We were having sex with a mission, a mission yeah. to conceive. And yep. so, honey, we was out here like Peter Cottontail. Peter okay. Cottontail. We were humping <laughs> like rabbits. And to our surprise, we got pregnant. Yep. And um, I think then a shift came again because then pregnant women, you know, some, I would say the first maybe two months, my libido was still high. Uh-huh. Sam's like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, you pregnant? Like, yes. I'm like, I want you. All this kind of stuff. Right. But then, like, month four hit. And I'm like, please don't touch me. Like, you stink <laughs> like me. Like, it was just <laughs> my. my whole, a drastic change. <laughs> a drastic change. My hormones. I was right. nauseous. It was just whatever it is. So then we had Olivia. Uh-huh. And there was another shift. Once again, I was feeling uncomfortable in my body. Mm-hmm. My body was going through changes. Sam was like, listen, we done had minimal sex for nine months. The doctor done clear us. It's six weeks. Right. We Let's jacked go. Up, jacked up sex for five years. <laughs> right. You we know? was just hitting the group. Like, right. let's go. Right. And we hit another bump in the road. Uh-huh. I was nervous about getting pregnant again. Yeah. Because of what I went through with Olivia. Now, mind you, this was during COVID. Uh-huh. So there really wasn't nothing to do but have sex and raise your child. Because we all in the house mm-hmm. together. Trapped. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a whole nother communication point. Right, Sam? It yep. was, babe, listen, like, I'm nervous about getting pregnant. I don't want to get pregnant right now. I'm ner- I was uncomfortable. Like even when we would have sex, like my body was tense. Like yep, yep, yep. it was just not good. And so in that space, I think what you are definitely um, um, gravitating towards is 
the adjustments and the adaptability of seasons uh, when it comes to sex. Yeah. And I think that, you again, you have couples that are just out here doing it, but then when someone's body changes or the seasons change based on a, you know, it could be something that has been traumatic or a memory of someone who's passed away, a whole lot of things can, can get into a person's mind and or physical changes can happen that then create another shift in a season for a person's life, you know, yeah. for, for your spouse's life. And so in that, now you're talking about another conversation where you're like, Sam, man, how much do you have to communicate? <laughs> Number one, communication is one of the top three problems in marriage. And because of that, then it creates a problem in sex yeah. and a problem in money and a problem in faith and so many other things. And so, now, when you have two people who are not necessarily, uh, or I'll say it this way for us, two people who have been trying to adapt for so many years yeah. based on trying to find and catch the rhythm, yeah. but then get to a space where you finally caught it and you have something that's produced out of it through a oneness, now you have to change and shift again. Again, And I think that so many couples probably are in that space of like, man, how many times do you have to adapt in marriage to get what you want? Mm -hmm. And I think that in that space, it's based even on our experience and history and story. Like I, I know without a doubt that, you know, um, I say this to a lot of my couples say marriage, man, is, is hard work. But a lot of cases, if we take the surface out of it, it's heart work. Yeah. And in that heart work that you have to do, sex is just as much of a heart thing as it is in anything else. Because when your heart has now become connected and attached and emotionally is entrenched in, man, we finally got it. Right. Especially as the guy who was like, man, this has been a struggle, yeah. you know, say for both of us. And now we finally got it. Now to have it stripped away, you know, stripped away. Yeah, what kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like stripped away in that space. You like, okay, God, like for real, man, we got to change again. And it's based on a child. Come on. Now we just got it. And what I will say is I, I have to give kudos to you, Sam, because in the ebbs and flows of our sexual ups, peaks and valleys, you were gracious most of the time. Mm -hmm. There were times you were just like, listen, sis. What's up? Give it to me now. Give or it it's going to be some issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for the most part, you were very understanding and you were willing to talk to me about it. And you were willing to tell me like, listen, something has to happen because I'm feeling this type of way. And I appreciate that yeah. Um, from you. And so I let my guard down and um, <laughs> I gave, I gave my husband myself and probably maybe the second time we had sex after Livy, Britney Spears. I got pregnant. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> the, the worst fear that, that I, I got pregnant and um, y'all know the story. I, I told it before, but then there was another nine months, eight months because he came early of inconsistent sex. Adaptability y'all. I'm telling you, there's, like, there's, there's some like truth in that when you have to, when you, 
you feel like, man, God is finally answering prayers. Because yeah. we, because here's the thing: not only do we physically start getting better, we also spiritually start to get in unison. That's the yeah. What I was saying in the first episode is that spiritually we were as out of sync as a couple together. Mm-hmm. Individually, I had our own relationship with the Lord, yeah. doing all things, but to us that was important. Yeah. And so we could credit it back to that. You know, some people say sex isn't spiritual. Well, I would tell you that for some spaces in your life, if that's a foundation, that's what you base everything on, your spirituality, then how can it not be? Mm-hmm. Um, there's more there. But like in that space, I would say, you know, it, it became more about adaptability and more conversations because you're right. In those spaces where, you know, one of our libido was higher or whatever, and, and we needed it, wanted it, you know. That opened the door sometimes to be like, yo, we need to have a conversation because I'm having these crazy things, yeah. dreams and thoughts and ideas. And, you know, neither one, neither one of us wants to do anything that would be a detriment. But it doesn't mean that we didn't have to talk about those things that were potential detriments. Yeah. And so Dixon uh-huh. was born yep. early. Yep. Um, had a C-section. So then you got, instead of that six weeks, I got 12 weeks Mm -hmm. before the clearance. Mm -hmm. And all this time, I'm like, brethren, I don't want to have sex unless there is contraceptive in place, you or you getting snipped. Right. Because, and that, now this is where we are now. This is where we're at right now. Is to the point of now we know how to communicate with one another. Exactly. And we know how to express our needs. And so in that we're giving each other grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're making sure that we're protected. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> because we don't want to go through another ebb and flow, right? And not saying that it won't. We're we're in our mid thirties, well I am. <laughs> We I'm in, in our mid-30s. <laughs> we're in our mid-30s. Yep. Um, letter, closer to 40. Yep. And th- we know that that's going to be another hormonal change. So we're beginning to talk and discuss and seeking out help right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to a sex therapist coming up, which is going to be super exciting. But I think now we're into a season where we we've, we've had our kids we found the rhythm. Now we're just kind of getting back of like, what do we want our sex life to be like? Exactly. And, and I think that that's the space again, making this about helping others like in this space, like you have to have conversations that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. And this, you know, if your spouse, whether it be the wife or the husband is like, yo, I think you, I think we want to do this. I enjoy this now. We were changing the guards in regards to our sexuality and our sexual expression with each other. Like those things are great. But then also when you're starting to have conversations of like, you've seen your spouse go through incredibly hard things in pregnancy or incredibly difficult things in conceiving a child. And then you're like, we're done. Or we don't want to be a part of this anymore in terms of like the baby making process. Like the baby shop is closed. And, And so in those type of conversations, like you have to be honest about, okay, what does that mean for us? What does that look like? What are we going to do that's either a natural or not natural in a sense of like we're going to do surgery type of things. Yeah. And it's important to have those conversations. And so there's the other side of that where there's other people who are like, yo, we want to have more kids. Mm-hmm. Let me say something about this more kids thing. It's imperative that you both are on the same page about the more kids because 
you know, there are so many couples out there who, yeah, there's actually probably one person who wants to drive that more so than the other. And so in that space, here you are where now, you know, again, you enjoy the uh, child rearing or child raising more so than you enjoy the experience of what it gets to get there. And ultimately, you probably have someone on the other side who's like, well, I really just enjoy doing the things. And, yeah, we get kids out of it, but, like, I really just want to enjoy you. Right. Because now we're going to have already X amount of years of raising who we already have. One, two, three, four, or five kids that you already have. Mm -hmm. And so in those experiences, I would say my encouragement is, like, y'all got to make sure you're on the same page. You got a vision for what that's going to look like if that's what you want to create. Um, because that might be a thing. And so again, you know, whether you are done or you want to have more, it, ultimately when you get to a space where you already got kids, sometimes it's not about the kids as much as it's going back to what do we want out of our sexual experience, which is what this episode is about. Yeah. And so that's where we are now. We're in a space of having more candid conversations mm -hmm. because now we're in a different dynamic, right? Our kids are going to be growing up. So we don't want to get so engulfed in them that we lose us, right? And all that work that had to go into And that. all that work that had to go into getting us to this place. So we even had a conversation. <laughs> I was like, should we put sex on the calendar? Mm -hmm. And this is like real life conversations that we have because life be life in, right? Mm -hmm. Things get busy. We have jobs, multiple jobs. Um, children, uh, responsibilities, and so I'm like, I, sex is so important yeah. to marriage that I'm like, it's worth making sure that we are at least getting it in every week. Yeah, and 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 making an expectation about what that looks like. I remember conversations I've had with another therapist, Dr. Kelly Bonnywell, um, who's on a podcast called Together, and how he shares and talks about how important it is to calendar sex. Because just like you would calendar any other thing that's important to you mm -hmm. as a as a spouse or as a couple, the experience of calendaring, at least that says you're going to be very intentional about what that looks like. Now, I would say that has and can become challenging because if you have two people who are two different personalities in a relationship, sometimes what can happen is you have a person who is mad, spontaneous and creative and then a person who just does great in normality and routineness. Mm -hmm. And so while that may sound great to one person, it also can create a place of anxiety for another. And, and I think that's where we were like, mm, should we, should we not? But even so I will be the spontaneous one, right? Sure. That is just like, why do we have to schedule it? But even in the scheduling, it could still be spontaneous, right? Exactly. One night you could do have it be romantic. Like one night it could be, I don't know, at a different location. Like it's like we know on Thursdays this is what we're we planning to do. Do we got to get a sitter for a couple hours? Are we going to a hotel room? Do like I got to make sure my body is together, that I'm not stressed out, that I'm yeah. having. Like that is where the spontaneous piece of it comes in. But the scheduling is to say this is a priority. Exactly. Right. This is a priority. No, I cannot go with my friends on Thursday because this night is dedicated to my husband and is going to end in some type of intimacy. Yeah. 
that's it, babe. And I think um, I feel, but when we had that conversation, Sam, mm-hmm. I felt very weird having it though. Yeah. And about I, scheduling sex. And can, that's what I'm saying. Can you imagine how many couples are like, ah, that feels like, but here's the thing, like no matter if it's something that you just do normally regularly, it's good to you. Again, we're not necessarily talking to you. We're talking to the people that's just been a, a issue yeah. and a problem. And so in those, in those spaces, it's just yet one more tool tip or trick to be able to have it no matter how weird it is, because here it is any conversation that often cases has been a detriment or a hard place is going to feel weird. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle or whatever that sensation is in your marriage where you're literally having to have conversations that are challenging, difficult, weird, awkward. And that's the goal because you want to grow. Mm-hmm. We want to, we want it to over the course of our time in marriage mm-hmm. are really, you know, long time of knowing each other and, and we want us to really truly know each other. And so Sometimes you have to do things that either can create a spark or a routine or change the change the game a little bit. And whether it's not only calendaring, because we got to talk about this and we'll just mention this, maybe the positions that you do, you know, in sexual intercourse to, you know, where it's done at. Um, those things are important. And then also, you know, uh, what, what you expect from your partner. In regards to it, because that's just as important as all the other pieces. What do you what do you expect, you know, in terms of your partner in regards to what they do throughout the course of a day? And that's not just gender based. because We had to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. What you do during the day is not based off of a gender. You can't just say. And this is where I get so upset <laughs> when I hear people talk about this gender based thought process of saying, well, you know, it takes the woman to warm up all day and the man is ready to go. What happens when it takes the man a little bit time to warm up for whatever reason, because if you come home and you stressed out and you didn't work all day and all the things that might be the last minute, that, that might be the last thing on your mind. And so now during the course of the day, you've been dragged out and tired working and providing for your family. And now you got to come home and deliver the wood. Not necessarily. Maybe it's a way for you to decompress <laughs> if that's has, if that has been the thing. But I think as a part of that day, Man, how much more for that guy? Again, just rooting for my guys out there. Yeah. That'd be like, man, my wife been wooing me all day, getting gassing me up. I've been stressed out, but I know when I get home, it's about to go down. She about to have that nurse's outfit on, whatever that is. Because <laughs> during the course of the day, just like a lady, guys is like, man, you've been you've been wooing me, and I and I'm ready to woo you back. Woo woo woo. Yeah, and I think that's so important. So I think. To spark conversation with you all. Uh I think these are some questions. If this is a struggle area for you or a pain area or a place that you feel like you can grow. Or an area of expertise. Or area expertise. Here are some questions I think that you should ask your spouse about sex. Number one, how many times or days do you want to have sex? Mm -hmm. I think that's important to ask because like we said, some people's libidos aren't together. I may be like, I'm good with one time a week, but my husband may be like, bro, I need one time a day. <laughs> so that's when you have to compromise, right? Yeah. Be realistically like, okay, one time a day. Okay. We're not even home at the same time every day. So, but knowing what your spouse needs is in that arena is a good thing to know. I think question number two is how do you like it? I don't think we ask those questions enough. 
I think in the midst of sex, that question comes up, but it's, we're already doing, it's like a term of endearment. Yeah. But I think having a real conversation with your spouse about what is your favorite sex position? Cause what was your favorite sex position in 2014? Exactly. May not be that same position after two kids and, um, you know, some, some surgeries or something like asking frequently, like, what do you like? How do you like? And then question number three about what Sam said, how do you want me to woo you? And this is a question (laughs) that we go back and forth about because like what turns you on? Right. Like, is it, you know, me giving you a massage? Is it me sexting you and sending you, you know, skippy pictures? Is it me, you know, taking on a different persona? Like what turns you on? And I think having that question will allow each of you to woo each other and to, you know, turn each other on during the day. And I think so many times, the longer we're married, we're like, if you don't know me by now, but no, like I need to keep learning you. That's it. I need to get that PhD uh-huh. for real in knowing you. That's a doctor. Like that's that's years, years of research, that's, right? And then it. I get that. Then I gotta write a, a dissertation about it, uh-huh. right? So I need to thoroughly know who you are and what you like to the point where I can write a dissertation. Man. And so I think those are some questions that we have asked one another that has helped us grow from that first year of struggle busting and being frustrated. And it all boiled down to having conversations. Sure did. And it all boiled down to two our stress levels. Yeah. What was going on in our lives. Yeah. Like taking time with just one another. That's why day nights are so important. They're so important because then you actually have designated time to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And and y'all, there's, there's so many more things in books, in books that we could talk about in regards to this. I mean, there's, it's just, we're just touching really the surface on this and there's so many again great podcasts and information out there for you to listen to because I don't want to take away from the fact that people are struggling in kind of some of the micro areas that become macro areas in sex and individually with sex and so on and so forth so we want to honor that but we do hope that in this episode in this last episode because we gave y'all some expose but we gave y'all some also truth in this thing that you all take a second to consider both those questions and take a second to consider all the information and experience that we covered in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, babe, I think it's a good time to just pray for for our people. Um, yeah, because you said you was going to pray in this episode. So. You're right. <laughs> so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the beautiful gift of sex. We thank you that you created our bodies to receive and to give to one another in love. Father, I pray that you give us strategy, that you give us insight, that you even give us energy to do what we are to do with one another, that we will enjoy it, that we will love it, that we will crave it. Father, I pray for every married couple that's been struggling sexually. 
I pray that your Holy Spirit will literally take over our bodies, our minds, our spirits, that we will be able to please our spouse in the way that they want to be pleased. Father God, that they won't have to look to the left or to the right or to pornography or to their old past, God, but look to their spouse who will be able to satisfy their needs sexually. Help us not to feel ashamed to have these discussions, Father. Help us to find circles and people and safe spaces where we can discuss and talk about our sex life, but then get advice and knowledge and wisdom on how to grow. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you've given us resources, books, therapists, um, individuals who can speak life into our lives, into our marriages, into our sex lives, Father God. And help us not to be ashamed. If we aren't pleased, let us be able to talk to our spouse in love and let them not be offended. Help us not to walk in offense because offense um, shuts off honesty and it doesn't allow growth. So, Father God, we come against offense and let us know and help us to realize that love, love covers a multitude of sin. So let us come to one another in love. God, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all go ahead now and go get, go on ahead and woo one another. Woo, woo, woo. Go on and woo one another. Go on and get some oils and some what Steve Harvey say, baby oil. That's all he ever uses, baby oil. Y'all go on ahead, purchase y'all some baby oil, get y'all a babysitter. In end of the day, y'all go talk about this. For real. Talk, talk and walk. Talk and activate. Okay? Do some research. Get that PhD in your spouse. And remember, we love y'all over here at the Business of Marriage. Until next time, peace.